0: This has been Profiles in Excellence. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover, Open Book. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Open Book. Today on Cover to Cover Open Book, Friday's edition of Cover to Cover, it's Mardi Gras time. And Sally Phillips talks with a New Orleans historian as well as a member of the Zulu crew about the 100th anniversary of this prominent African-American club and about a new exhibit at the Louisiana State Museum commemorating the Zulu century's Commemorating Zulu's century of involvement in Mardi Gras. Stay tuned. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to, on behalf of the people of New Orleans, to give greetings to that famous Louis Armstrong who is coming back here to be King of Zulu tomorrow. But I do want to, at this time, present him with a plaque of honorary citizenship in the international city of New Orleans, the air and sea gateway between the Mississippi Valley and the world. Second port of the nation, the home of the Mardi Gras, the Sugar Bowl and the Spring Fiesta, the city with a colorful past, a progressive present, and a promising future. In recognition of your efforts, your services to the people of our community, we want to present you with this plaque of honorary citizenship, same time to give you the key to the city. Louis Armstrong. Thank you very much, ma'am. This is really a This is the thrill of my life. I've always wanted to be there. King of the Zulus, I've been a member of my life, and in uh, this right here, I'm going to frame this, and don't uh, dare anybody to touch it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. How did you, you say in uh, your interview with Time that you had one great ambition in life, and that was to be King Zulu, and after that you could die? Is that right? yes, sir. <laughs> uh, okay, well I don't want the law to take me literally, but it's. Uh... <laughs>
1: That was the unmistakable voice of Louis Armstrong accepting a plaque from the mayor of New Orleans in 1949 just after he was crowned King of the Zulus, a lifelong dream of Louis Armstrong's. Welcome to Open Book, KPFA's Friday edition of Cover to Cover. I'm Sally Phillips. And today, just three days before Mardi Gras, the city of New Orleans prepares to unfurl its brightest, shiniest, most revelatory weapons of mass celebration as the floats prepare to roll through this city. And kicking off the parade, February 24th, that is Mardi Gras, the first float is manned by the famed Zulu crew, which is celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. The Louisiana State Museum in the French Quarter in New Orleans has mounted a 3,000-square-foot exhibit devoted to all things Zulu, to its history and its culture and its costumery. And today we'll be speaking with Zulu Parade Chairman Pete Sanchez, Jr. as well as museum historian for the Louisiana State Museum, Charles Chamberlain. And we're thrilled to have you with us today, Charles. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So I wanted to ask you right out for people who are not familiar with Mardi Gras and don't know what the word crew means, um, can you give us a little backstory on Mardi Gras and the role of the crew and perhaps define that for us
2: the formal Mardi Gras that most people are familiar with started a little bit before the Civil War and then became much more elaborate in the 1870s after the Civil War and that is where private clubs would then stage parades and so these clubs are essentially known as crews and so Around the whole metro area, there's probably about 60 crews that stage parades any time in the two to three weeks leading up to Fat Tuesday, which is that Mardi Gras Tuesday.
1: What is the significance of the Zulu crew? Um, Can you describe what your show will be focusing on?
2: First of all, Zulu is the oldest of the formal black crews that parade in the mardi gras season so this year they are celebrating their 100th anniversary and so we have created an exhibit to basically commemorate their history and to celebrate this event and the exhibit is divided into two periods uh, the first 50 years looking at their old history their origins um early costumes the development of characters Uh, the coconut tradition, and Louis Armstrong reigning as king in 1949, and also the role of women in relation to the the parade. The second 50 years looks at their um, really controversial period of the Civil Rights Movement, how they responded to that, and then how since really the 1970s they have become a part of mainstream Mardi Gras celebration in New Orleans, how they have basically expanded and modernized from a small parade of about five floats to the present one, which has 25 floats officially, but really more than that. Um, the third part of the exhibit is the royal court, and that features kings and queens costumes from the last, uh, say, three or four years, and additionally one from the 90s. Um, and that's one of the greatest highlights is to see these beautiful, elegant royal court costumes
1: The the Zulu crew stems from this very interesting benevolent society, a social aid and pleasure club, correct?
2: They do come out of the social aid and pleasure club tradition and the benevolent tradition, where, of course, immigrant groups and um, various cultural groups would have their own local organizations to provide insurance or burial costs. And that's, that's a national phenomenon. Here in New Orleans, African Americans organize their own benevolent associations for that purpose. In addition, Louisianans love to celebrate, they love to host parades, and so there grew out of this the social aid and pleasure, which is where they provide social aid to the community, but also they throw parades just for pure entertainment and fun. Zulu has been distinct historically for um, providing community outreach and community aid and having that, um, that part of their history, because most Mardi Gras crews are strictly about parading and have done very little community outreach. More recently, that has changed so that more crews are doing that. But back to Zulu, I think what it did that um, making themselves relevant to the community by um, fundraising for healthcare or doing toy drives or making um, gift baskets at Christmas time, that made them have relevance in the community and then gave them community support.
1: A really important occurrence was Was it 1968 or 69, perhaps you can clarify, Uh, Charles Chamberlain, the Zulu crew was allowed to parade along the main Mardi Gras parade route, or one of the main routes?
2: Yeah, that is correct. They were really not allowed to parade along Canal Street, which was considered the main thoroughfare for wrecks. And so in 1969, the city basically sending a signal to the world that we were an integrated city, They invited Zulu to become part of the city's official Mardi Gras celebration. So it was absolutely a civil rights victory for Zulu. And again, sent a strong message to the world that that New Orleans was integrated and welcoming to people.
1: That must have been significant after just a few years earlier when their practice of wearing blackface was really frowned upon and thought of as really inappropriate during the height of the civil rights movement. I know they had something like 16 members in the 60s. uh, Were African Americans also treated differently uh, during the earlier history of Mardi Gras in New Orleans? Um, um, I mean, mean, this helped integrate the city, would you say, when the Zulu crew was uh, able to start on the main parade route?
2: Well, I would say it was more of a symbolic integration and that... If anything, it provided um, mainstream media attention to Zulu for tourists who, you know, tourists who came down to Mardi Gras before 1969 may not have known anything about Zulu because it um, really paraded in the back streets areas. Now, I must say that historically, parades have always generally been pretty integrated, there was no law against sharing public space on the streets. However, I've asked lots of older people, and they say there was some discrimination. White people may have felt they were entitled to the front rows, and then African Americans may have been in the back. In general, I think that with 1969, the decision to make Zulu mainstream, um, it set a message that then emphasized tolerance overall in Mardi Gras, and also, I think, symbolized the coming together of people in New Orleans.
1: Is the crew... Itself male dominated?
2: The actual club itself is all male. And so what happened was in 1933, a women's auxiliary formed. And they did fundraising and they participated in parades, especially the second line parades that we have on the streets of New Orleans. They would participate in those. Um, but they were not officially members of the club. Now, at the same time, uh, Zulu began. Um, basically, appointing female queens for the first time from the women's auxiliary group. Men actually masked as the queens from 1923 to 1933 when they began using women.
1: I want to touch upon one very important woman in the uh, coterie of the zulu royal court uh, desiree glapian rogers yes who is currently barack obama's social secretary that and was correct. twice a zulu queen is that right
2: yes i believe she was in 1998 and then Again, in 2000, uh, her father, Roy Glapion, Jr., was president in the 70s and 80s and oversaw the expansion and modernization of Zulu. It was really under his leadership that Zulu um, came to be known as it is today, as a very large organization with a very elaborate parade. And so she grew up in a Zulu household and became queen, and then he died in 2000, and she served again in honor of her deceased father. And we're very proud of of her accomplishment um, in being appointed as social secretary. You know, it's a really a symbol of how far Zulu has come in terms of its national stature as well. The fact that the Queen is now um, working in the White House, I think it's a great symbol of the accomplishments that the group has made.
1: What's been the tradition of choosing the kings? Do they have to be a kind of a community leader or...
2: Well, I think um, initially what you find is that businessmen, African-American businessmen, were more than not the the um, the kings in the early periods. But... I think in the modern period um, it doesn't really matter what occupation you hold, if the club sees you as someone with enough resources to basically represent the club through your costume and through your generosity, through your the basic image that you present, that they are willing to elect you. And the funny thing about Zulu is if you compare it to some of the other Gras organizations, you know, businessmen may dominate who serve as king, but in Zulu it can really be anyone. Just about all occupations in the metro area are represented in the kings of zulu which is very refreshing it's it's much more democratic that way in my opinion
1: let's talk about perhaps the most illustrious of all the zulu kings louis armstrong and his uh, enthronement as zulu king which was one of his proudest moments
2: louis grew up in a neighborhood where zulu was born which is the area around perdido and rampart um, in the the section of New Orleans right behind the central business district. And so as a kid, he loved watching Zulu. And so when he came back for the first time after leaving to become professional in 1923, he comes back in 1931, uh, meets up with some Zulus and gets an honorary membership. And then by 1949, he's a huge international star considering a global entertainer known as the Ambassador Satch, who can cross any border any time. And, of course, Zulu recognizes his importance and then elects him as king. He came down that February, um, and they had a wonderful international media events where the press was there to meet him and the mayor. Um, he made the cover of Time magazine. And then on March 1st, 1949, Mardi Gras Day, that's when he paraded through the streets of New Orleans um, and then went to the ball that night and played... Um, with his all-star band. We have um, one coconut that he threw to a local drummer, Monk Hazel. So we are proud to have one of those coconuts. And within the exhibit also, we have the the program from the 1949 ball um, and the Time magazine itself with him on the cover. Um, And then a scrapbook that he created. He was actually a prolific collage artist and loved to create scrapbooks. And so the Louis Armstrong Archives at Queens College in New York has graciously loaned a reproduction of that for the exhibit.
1: How long is this exhibit, uh, running?
2: Yeah, it runs through the whole year of 2009 to celebrate the entire centennial, and we'll take it down probably on January 1st, 2010. Zulu is extremely proud of their history, and this is the first time they've been able to really tell their story. So <laughs> our, our URL is http://lsm.crt dot state dot la dot u s
1: thank you so much charles for joining us today
2: thank you too sally it was a real pleasure
1: i've been speaking with charles chamberlain the historian for the louisiana state museum and the show from tramps to kings 100 years of zulu has just opened at the louisiana state museum located in the french quarter in new orleans With that, we're going to take a moment here on Open Book to listen to Louis Armstrong's Hot Five with King of the Zulus. This number was written by pianist Lil Hardin Armstrong, Louis Armstrong's wife. And the voices you will hear are that of Lil Hardin Armstrong and Clarence Babcock, and, of course, that of Louis Armstrong. in a tube and I play one of my native jazz tunes. I'm Sally Phillips, and you're listening to Cover to Cover on Friday here on KPFA and kpfa.org. And I'm really excited to be joined today on the phone by Pete Sanchez, Jr. He is the chairman of Carnival Activities for the Zulu crew. And we're talking about the 100th anniversary of the crew of Zulu. And uh, good day to you, Pete. Good
0: day to you, and on uh, behalf of the officers, members and the zoo, of the Zoo Associating Pleasure Club, we say happy Mardi Gras.
1: Oh, happy Mardi Gras. We all wish we were there. Um, can you start today uh, by letting us know uh, what your title is, the title Chairman of Carnival Activities? That sounds like a whole lot of logistics.
0: Well, basically, if I were with one of the other carnival crews, I would be called a captain. However, with the Zulu Social Aid and Pleasure Club, I'm known as the chairman of Carnival Activities because not only do I oversee our Carnation Ball, I also oversee our Lundergrass uh, Activities, which is the Monday before Carnival, and I also oversee the parade now. With the Underground Festival and the parade, there's a, a, a committee chairman that works with me. His name is Cornelius Garner. He hosts the Underground Festival. I have another gentleman that is the parade chairman, and his name is Jimmy Felder.
1: How long have you been a member of the Zulu Social Aid and Pleasure Club? And are you from? You're born and raised in New Orleans.
0: Yep, born and raised here in New Orleans, um, and I've been a, a member of the Zulu Aid and Pleasure Club now for 11 years.
1: So uh, was your father also a member? I know there's a great tradition in New Orleans of handing down uh, skills and teaching one's children. So is, is that uh, true for the uh, Zulu crew?
0: Well, not only is it true for the crew, but it's, it's really ironic that you would say that because not only was my my father a member of the Zulu Social Aid and Pleasure Club, but he's also, he was also chairman of the Corner of Activities like I am today. And everyone says that I've, I really have fallen right into his footsteps because of the job that I do, the way that I been with. Uh, it reminds a lot of the older members, a lot of him.
1: Now, on parade day, you're in charge of... How many floats?
0: Well, this year um, we have our 28 floats um, that are our regular um, floats. We have our seven-character floats, and then we have letter floats that are our dukes. We do have a very nice parade. This year's theme for not only our parade but our carnival activities is Zulu um, celebrating 100 years as a New Orleans tradition because this is our centennial year.
1: Right, and earlier in the program, I was speaking with Charles Chamberlain from the the Louisiana State Museum uh, about that fantastic show, and that show is running for the entire year, I understand. It'll really, I would imagine, raise awareness of uh, the culture and history of the Zulu Social Aid and Pleasure Club, and were you at all instrumental in working on that exhibit?
0: Well, I, I really did not do a lot for that exhibit because we have our historian, and his name is Clarence Becknell. And Becknell has really been the, the, the brain thrust and, and a lot of the workforce behind uh, supplying the artifacts of the Zulu um, uh, organization, along with working with the persons at the Presbyterian to set up the mannequins with a lot of our costumes and um, setting up a lot of the um, pictures and everything, which truly depicts how Zulu has grown over the years.
1: So costuming is just a huge part of the Zulu tradition. And I'm wondering how the practice of blackening the face started because I think for those of us who just see images of Mardi Gras from afar, uh, the New Orleans Mardi Gras, you see a lot of people with sort of gold paint in their beards and masks of feathers. And uh, the Zulu crew has taken a very different approach. And I wonder if you know about the origins of that uh, practice
0: well years ago uh, a lot of the other Mardi Gras crews basically wore masks but at the time most of the members during that time could not have purchase the mask so they painted their faces and right now um, we don't wear a plastic mask or a Mardi Gras mask what we what we wear is makeup and that makeup has been the, the cornerstone of the, the blueprint of our parade it 's been the the cornerstone and the blueprint of zulu we have You have the black face uh, you have to have one white eye and you have to have the white around your mouth and down we down the streets of New Orleans we go.
1: One question I have is about the most coveted item that 's thrown from the floats, or in this case, handed off of the floats to eager onlookers, and that is the coconut. And in the Zulu tradition, the coconut is the item that everybody wants. So these are decorated. Who does all that work with the coconuts to prepare them for Mardi Gras? There must be thousands of coconuts that uh, are handed out yearly, yes?
0: Uh, our members, they, they take the time to... Um clean them, um, paint them, decorate them, and it's fun. It's really a, a joy to present them on Mardi Gras dates.
1: I'm Sally Phillips, and I'm here on Open Book on KPFAN. I'm speaking with Pete Sanchez, Jr., Carnival Activities Chairman for the Zulu Crew. So, Pete, uh, is one of the ways in which you're raising money not only for your own club but for aiding people in your community, is it true that... Uh, for a fee anybody can ride on one of your floats
0: that's true our floats are assigned to float captains and those captains solicit friends neighbors and they ride on the floats for a fee in addition to that we have a targeted group of guests that we call our sponsorship riders and those riders also ride for a fee our riders join us during the parade season and they pay a fee to ride in the Zulu Parade.
1: And how many people do you accommodate in this way? We
0: have about 1,100 riders because when you put all of the floats in it together and all of the floats that are involved, it comes up to almost about 1,200 riders.
1: In the wake of Katrina, I know that you must have lost many members. About how many of your members were displaced permanently, do you think?
0: Um, Now that we're in the aftermath of about 3 years those that were displaced we're we're somewhere between uh 29 and 35 members that have not returned the
1: the economy in our country and in the world today is so shaky will do you expect that this will be a factor in zulu's future ability to parade and hold its balls and celebrations and perhaps aid its community?
0: Um, here in New Orleans, we're still redeveloping our city after Katrina. And right now, to take and have a crystal ball look to see to see how it's going to affect, affect us economically, well, it's already affected us economically when Katrina hit. So to put the current economy on top of Katrina, of course, it will affect us like it's affecting everyone else nationwide. But the only thing we can do is stay focused on what we do. They focused on the manner in which we do it. And like most businesses, we will make adjustments. You know, uh, We will alter the things that we do based on the economy as we plan for 2010.
1: The current king of the Zulus is Tyrone Matthew Sr., correct? And he's a UPS driver in New Orleans? Correct. Do the king and queen have special responsibilities for that year?
0: Well, it's basically during the Mardi Gras season. They have a lot of responsibility as far as outreach because they they, they visit the public schools of the city of New Orleans and they talk to the students about being king, being queen, about you know staying in school and and talk to them about you know if you pursue the better things of life, the better things of life can happen for you, and to be uh, elected and having the opportunity to serve as king and queen of Zulu. You know, just how important it is, how much of a responsibility it is. They also visit Children's Hospital, uh, and they'll pass out our carnival throws for that current year. So, yes, when you are elected king and queen, there is a a responsibility, and outreach is a part of that responsibility.
1: The Zulu Crew was formed in 1909 and was incorporated in in
0: 1916.
1: So what was the original benevolent purpose of the club, and has that changed greatly over the decades?
0: It's evolved. It's not just changed, it's evolved. It started off as a benevolent aid society, um, and whereby uh, our members were able to pay into that took that, that aid for burials, um, jazz funerals. That's how it developed at that time. Now it's evolved into as the organization provide a jazz funeral for any of our, as you know, when they um are become deceased.
1: So, Pete, why don't you tell us if there's any information you'd like to give out? Perhaps a website if people want to learn more about the Zulu Social Aid and Pleasure Club.
0: You can go to Google and type in Zulu S A P Club. It's gonna come up, or you'll see our main website, and from there you can uh, click into the different categories that speak of the history, the officers, um, the London Grass Festival. It has the links for all of those items.
1: Thank you so much, Pete Sanchez Jr. We really appreciate that you've taken this time to speak with us today, and we wish you a fantastic Mardi Gras.
0: I do take the time to thank you and your listening audience, and on behalf of all the officers, members, and the uh, citizens of New Orleans, we say happy Mardi Gras.
1: I'm Sally Phillips. This has been Open Book Friday's edition of cover to cover here on KPFA. For information about this or any other show, you can log on to the web at kpfa.org, where all our shows are archived. Or you can contact me, Sally Phillips, at Girl Friday at kpfa.org.